Welcome everyone to Consider Yourself Hugged. I am your host, Tammy West, and what a whirlwind the past few days have been. If you follow me on Facebook, you might have seen it. I can't remember if I actually posted, but um, I know I did in my ladies group, but we, my husband and I went to see our son, Jamie, who lives in New York City, and we went primarily, well, we went to see him, but we have been to see Phantom of the Opera I don't know, maybe 10 times or at least five or six on Broadway. And the the show was closing down in February. So this was like our last time to see Phantom of the Opera. So I'll post some pictures maybe in the show notes in case you didn't just get to see that. But it was so wonderful. It's been a whirlwind. And then tomorrow, so that we got home yesterday, which was Monday. So I'm recording on Tuesday. And then tomorrow on, wait a minute. Holy moly. Crap, I've got to record. I got to post this podcast in the morning. (laughs) Okay, so anyway, I was thinking that I didn't have to have the podcast ready until day after tomorrow, but it has to be ready tomorrow. So anyway, as I'm recording this, I'm just processing, oh my goodness, we're leaving tomorrow on the road tomorrow. So anyway, we're going to see our son, Michael, in New Mexico. So we're driving out there so Tim can go take some photography shots in a place called Shiprock in New Mexico. So we'll be posting about that while we're gone. But anyway, I'm trying to do this in between, but this topic just kept coming to me for many reasons. Um, the title's kind of harsh, right? Forgive your parents, period. And I know it sounds harsh and believe me, there was a time in my life when if you had said that to me, I would have been so angry, but I'm not there anymore. And so, and I even you know, it just, it just wouldn't go away. It kept coming back and coming back and coming back. And here is an example. Hang on. Let me find it. Um, okay. So my son that we went to see in New York is creating this um, online. It's a journal that actually dia- dialogues with you. It's an artificial intelligence. We'll talk about that whenever it's out and ready, but I get a text every morning and the text that came yesterday said the first to apologize is apologize is the bravest the first to forgive is the strongest and the first to forget is the happiest. And I was like, okay, this topic of forgiveness keeps coming up. And although that wasn't about parents, that just keeps coming up this topic of forgiveness when it comes to parents. And so then I was thinking about the phrase that we hear so often and, and it came up when I was reading and I don't, I don't remember what it was, but it was just one of those things where it just kept coming up and it was about forgiveness. And it said, And I wrote it down to make sure I don't forget. Forgiving is not for the other person. It's for you. I'm going to go ahead and say to some degree, I I mean, I mean, I get, I get why that is said, like tremendous healing can come to you from forgiveness, but I'm going to say, let's take a bigger sweep at the whole topic and say that it is for you, but I believe that as much as we can, we should be outward focused. Okay. Outward focused, not to the degree that we lose ourselves as people or that we're being taken advantage of, but my belief system is Christianity and Christianity with Jesus is about love and forgiveness. And I am going to put some scriptures in here. I'm not, the whole thing is not just going to be biblical, but it's my life system. And it's what helped me to get past some of the things with my mom, which is a little bit what I'm going to talk about today. But God talks about forgiveness over and over and over and over. And I'm I'm going to put these verses and, and the verses are not, listen, I'm not a legalistic Christian, which means I am not, well, you better follow the rules or you better follow the rules. I'm about the loving part of Christianity. Although there are rules, some rules, you know, all religions have rules, 
But when it comes to forgiveness and many other things, I'm about the loving part. So I'm not even going to quote like the chapters. I'm just going to say some of these pretty quickly. Uh, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And whenever you are, whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your father also who is in heaven may forgive your trespasses. Um, but if we do not forgive others, neither will your father forgive you. Um, oh, listen to this. I am going to take, this is Matthew 18 verses 21 and 22. Then Peter came up to him and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me? And I forgive him as many as seven times. And Jesus said, I do not say to you seven times, but 77. And so there's so much and the, there's more. I ha- I did just a search for verses and I copy and paste them. They will all be in the show notes. Just feel free. They are all about forgive, 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 forgive. I don't know how many's in here, maybe 30 something. Okay. So, but not only that, and I'm scrolling to where I copied some more. There's a lot of verses here. Not only is there a lot about forgiving, there's a lot about honoring your parents. I mean, listen, let's think about it. God creates the earth and within a fairly relatively short period of time, the 10 commandments. And of all the things, there were just 10. And one of the big 10 was honor your father and your mother. It's a commandment. Okay. And and I know we live in a new Testament, Jesus loving grace um, world of Christianity, but still like honor your, and there are many things, listen to this, honor your father and mother so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord is giving you. And I'm, I don't always quote very well. Sometimes I have to paraphrase a little bit. Um, so there's just so much. My intent is not to make it a Bible lesson, but if that is my life system, then I'm going to share it with you because we are supposed to forgive, but I believe that we're supposed to forgive for us and for them. So I'm going to share with you just a few things. Um, there are many stories that keep coming to me about forgiveness and unforgiveness related to parents that I won't share with you. I can't, you know, I wouldn't betray anybody's confidence, but what I can share is about my story about my mom, my mother and father. So I'll share a little bit about that. So let's that here's, so here's the plan. I'm gonna share a little bit of my, about my story and please be thinking about your story. I want to hear it as always, like in the show notes or on social media. So think about your story what's going on with your parents, what has happened. And then let's talk about how forgiveness benefits us, but then also how it benefits them, your parents. And then maybe just a few practical steps to get through it. Although the title was forgive your parents, just do it. So you can imagine there's not going to be going to be very many practical steps, but just a bit about my parents, um, mainly about my mom, but my dad, was a country they've both passed by the way so my dad was a country music singer never made it like big but did it his whole career like cruise ships and nightclubs and you know a few television spots and stuff but he did it for his entire career until he couldn't do it anymore so and my mom was his groupie okay I don't know if you find that funny but I do so she was his groupie and she would go from from show to show you know traveling around to the you know close she didn't fly or anything and they finally met and then they got married and then Not too long after they had my sister and me. So that was in 1963 and 1964. I don't care if you know how old I am, but I will say that I'm the youngest. So Tina, sister, if you're listening, just remember, I'll always be the youngest, even though we're only a year apart. And, you know, I have to say, here's here's a bit of psychoanalysis. 
It's just what I do to myself, to other people. My mom was an only child and her parents doted over her, loved her, spoiled her. These were my grandparents. And then she went directly from that to my dad who kind of spoiled her too. You know, she started traveling with him and she always had pretty clothes and pretty hair, pretty wigs. And he treated her kind of like a doll. And so I have to, to believe that as a fairly young wife, you know, especially with the husband who traveled for a living and she didn't work, it was just two of us. So I have to kind of believe that there might've been some neediness, right? Especially when he came home, you know, oh, see me, see me, see me, be with me, be with me, be with me. So I have to believe that that was the case. And I don't really have a whole lot of memories, especially positive memories from growing up. But if you were to ask my mom, like I kind of re- re- recollect things because she would always tell the story that, oh, when your dad was on the road, it would just be the three of us and we would just play and play and play. And then the day before he came home, we would get everything cleaned up and we would have everything ready for him to come home. So, I mean, this was her life. And so my dad had an affair and left us when I was 10. My sister was 11. They divorced. And that was like it. I mean, she was devastated. This was her dream her whole life just to be a wife and a mom. And by the way, she couldn't have any more kids after she had the two two of us. So that was it. That was her whole life. And so this was just like a final straw that put her on a path of like no return. She apparently had had what they used to call nervous breakdowns growing up. She'd always battled depression and this was just it. So she just became so dependent on my sister and me. My sister and I became adults at that young age. We took care of her emotional needs, her mental needs. Eventually we cared for her physical needs, her physical person, her financial needs. I mean, everything. And this is not something I talk about very often, but we slept in the same bed until we were like teenagers because my mom like felt like the world was not safe. And so we had this like fear, I think, instilled in us that it was just us three against the world. And then you probably know my history of mental illness and anxiety and panic attacks and all of that stuff. And then my sister has, has struggled as well. And her adult years, you know, just from that growing up time. And, and when we became adults, it actually got worse. It was the constant guilt, the constant manipulation, the constant threat. Well, I should just die because nobody cares about me. The constant, you know, she became so bitter and angry that her physical health suffered. We grew up in poverty. Our home was disgusting. Everything was awful. We were the neighborhood outcast. We had the health department called on us, blah, 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 blah. So it was just a lot. And then there was my dad and he didn't battle with like depression, but he battled with anger And so in manipulation, so he would yell and cuss at us and he never like physically abused us or anything, but he did a lot of, of name calling, especially to my sister over our weight. Um, And he just would call her terrible, terrible names. Other than that, I don't really have a lot of memories because I didn't have a huge relationship with my dad. Like once he left, then, then that was kind of it. So there's not a lot really for me to say about him. In fact, like over my teenage years, when I started learning what it meant to be angry and resentful and bitter, I carried that around, but toward my mother, not my father. I think I let him off the hook because I think that because I was experiencing this guilt and manipulation and torture that I felt like he probably did too and could understand why he left. I I don't know, but I Really, there was nothing for me to be angry with him about except the fact that he left. But with her, it was a daily thing. 
<clears throat> and I remember as an adult, she would call like 10 times a day. And I remember banging my head against the wall. Why didn't she leave me alone? Why wouldn't she leave me alone? And then as things got, she got older, it got even worse, like with her health and her mental state. She lived with my sister for a long time. And then we moved her. She was starting to get so angry and she was throwing things at her and she was having all these odd behaviors. And so we moved her into this high rise apartment about 45 minutes from my house. And she began showing some signs of mild dementia, lots of different things happened, which aren't really important to the whole story. But I had been praying for her for like 40 years, you know, and praying for me probably more than her, but her too, you know, it was just, it was so much. I felt like I couldn't live my life when my mother was constantly manipulating me and guilting me. And, you know, I, I would drive 45 minutes to pick her up and take her places. And there just, there came a day and there's a story actually that goes along with it. She, she was in the hospital a lot, obese, um, COPD, heart disease, bypass surgery, um, smoker for 45 years, type two diabetes, every obesity smoking related. And I'm going to say bitterness related disease that you could possibly have. She had. And so she was, she got called the emergency room ambulance. That's what I'm trying to say was called from where she was living. And they took her to the emergency room and she was, had a nosebleed. Well, it turned out it's because she was picking her nose and I don't mean picking it just like a kid would do, but it was like a nervous thing. And so she was doing it so much that she lost so much blood. She had to get a transfusion. Can you believe that? But I went to visit her and they packed her nose. Um, and you may have heard me share this story before. I've talked about it quite often, but if you've ever had your nose packed before, which I haven't, but literally they just cram gauze in there. And can you imagine she's dealing with a little bit of early dementia She's by herself in the hospital and her nose is packed. So I get there and I sit down beside her and she put her head on my shoulder. The nurse came in and she was touching her nose and the nurse came in and said, Miss Judy, I told you not to do that. Stop picking your nose. And my mom started to cry. And I remember in that moment, it was like, wow, like I was never like abuse, you know, elder abuse. I was never like that with my mom, but I was irritated with her. I would say things like that to her mom. Da, 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 da. I would scold her. I would be short with her. I would be snippy with her. But when I saw this nurse do it and my mom put her head on my shoulder and started to cry, she was afraid. She didn't know what was happening. She didn't understand what was going on in her nose and she was being yelled at. That was, I think, a turning point for me when I realized that I didn't ever want to see my mom like that again. And I didn't want anybody to treat her like that. And I didn't want to treat her like that. And at that point, I really began to pray that God would soften my heart because it was time. Do you know what I mean? It was time to let that go. She was still calling me 10 times a day. She was still not taking care of herself or where she was living. She was still needy and all the things that she'd been all her life, but it was I knew it was time for me to let that go. It was time for me to realize that she had done the best that she could her whole life. And it was time to work through that. And so I realized at this point that I needed to forgive her. But then I thought, what does that even mean? Like, I'm not even sure. What did that mean that I forgave her? I just meant like, I like let it go. 
stop getting mad at her, show her some compassion. I don't know. We're going to come back to that in just a minute. But then what did it mean to, because I'm talking about, I said about honoring too. What did it mean to honor her? For me, it meant that she was cared for. And, and what did that mean? It didn't mean that I had to be with her all the time, but it meant that I would make her doctor's appointments. I would take her to her doctor's appointments. I would take her to the store. I would call her. I would check on her. What it didn't mean to me was that I would just sit there with her in her apartment, although she probably needed that. And some of that came later. And I'm going to go back a little because I remember a time when I was still in full on anger mode at my mom and my husband and I had been attending a new church for, I'm thinking a couple of years. So I knew the pastor's wife a little bit, but not super well. And I remember saying to her one day, just like meeting with her and pouring out like all these terrible things that my mom was doing. She was calling me all the time. She was manipulative, blah, blah, blah. And you know, sometimes when you do that, you expect like, you just expect to get this, um, this, I don't know, commiseration or this sympathy from somebody. And, and I remember exactly what she said. And it was quote, well, she's your mother. You need to forgive her. And I was so angry and I didn't say this, but I thought you have no idea what I'm going through. You don't know what she does to me. It's more than anybody can bear. Looking back, of course, she was right. Also looking back, maybe a little bit more of a soft communication style. I don't know, but there are, there are people in my world right now who are dealing with unforgiveness towards their parents. And occasionally I have tried to have a softer conversation, but sometimes they're not ready. And so I don't know when that comes. Maybe it comes, I don't, it's a wisdom thing, I think. And that's why one of the things I'm going to say later about forgiving is that it really does show a level of wisdom and maturity to be able to, to forgive somebody. And so I said earlier, just a minute ago, I was talking about my mom and I was like, what does that even mean? Forgiveness and trying to decide, like I said, I forgave my mom, but I was like, well, for what, like, for what did I forgive her for? So I hope I can relay my thoughts as well as I want to right now, because this has been something that's just been recent. It's going to sound so weird what I'm going to say, but recently I was taking this masterclass about developing some speaker videos. And one of the speakers is from Nigeria and I'm sure I'll screw this up completely, but I'm going to do the best that I can to relay what actually happened. But she was sharing about how just like shocked and disappointed her parents were when she told them she was going to go into the world of like virtual training and speaking because Nigerian parents apparently want their children to be I mean, I I think I know this to be true too. They're like doctors and lawyers is the dream. And so she's talking about this and she's laughing and she's talking about how she and her Nigerian, maybe siblings, but at least friends were, you know, would get together and talk about how their parents expect this and they expect that and nothing is ever good enough. And they're the, the discipline is harsh, but here's what I noticed. They weren't saying it in this emotional trauma way or this, I've been scarred way or that I'm angry at my parents kind of way. And why? Well, I I think in the US, see, I think in Nigeria, this is the way children are raised. So there's no like comparison. So they don't in their mind, they're not thinking they've been harmed. So there's nothing to forgive. This is the way they're raised. It's strict. It's they want high standards for their kids. But in the US, children are treated on a wide spectrum. And so there's 
a comparison. And so I I find that this constant comparison to how their friends' parents raise them can lead to this feeling of I've been wronged and I've been traumatized. And it just becomes a setup for anger and bitterness and unforgiveness. And listen, I don't want to sound, you know, there are people who've been through far worse things than I went through as a child. There was no sexual abuse or, you know, anything like that. Um, no physical abuse, but I don't want to, I don't want to make light of anything that anyone has been through. But what I'm saying is there is this one thing of the comparison that can really set us up. So then I was thinking, well, what, what is forgiveness? And I'll put a link in the show notes. And I looked around and I was reading and I know for me, biblically, we're supposed to forgive. I was like, like, if we could put words to it, what does it mean? So I found a definition on Berkeley website, and I thought that I'm going to read I don't know, a couple paragraphs and I'll put the link. It says psychologists generally define forgiveness as a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance, vengeance toward a person or group who has harmed you, regardless of whether they actually deserve your forgiveness. Now I'm going to read just a little bit further, just as important as defining it is understanding what it is or what it is not. Experts who study or teach forgiveness make clear that when you forgive, you do not gloss over or deny the seriousness of an offense against you. It doesn't mean forgetting. It doesn't mean condoning or excusing. See, I think sometimes we feel like if we forgive somebody that it's not fair, like they just got away with it. Um, Doesn't mean they get away with anything. Though forgiveness can help repair a damaged relationship, it doesn't obligate you to reconcile with the person who harmed you or release them from legal accountability. I am going to go a little bit further and say with your parents, I hope that you will reconcile. Um, Anyway, instead, forgiveness brings the forgiver peace of mind and frees you from corrosive anger. See, my mom was a prime example of what unforgiveness can do to you emotionally, mentally, physically. She was a big, hot mess. Um, While there's some debate over whether true forgiveness requires positive feelings toward the offender, experts agree that it at least involves letting go of deeply held negative feelings. And that way it empowers you to recognize the pain you suffered without letting that pain define you, enabling you to heal and move on with your life. And and here I'm going to put this in the in the show notes in all caps. I'm going to say it in all caps, too, as well. Who hasn't harmed someone else? I have, you have, my mom did, my dad did, every parent has. I mean, there's been, and I don't know exactly what harm means, but we've all had things done to us that probably could have been done better. So again, I was thinking, well, is there anything, do I need to forgive her? Like I said, I hope that this is coming across in the way that I meant it. Forgiveness means that she did something that harmed me. And I guess part of me thinks, well, Okay. Well, let me give it. So I, before I recorded, I, I put a list of things that angered me and, and thought about the repercussions. So like what I mean is, well, so what that she did those things? What? Okay. So here's, here's what I put putting her whole life onto us, big responsibility saying, I love you in a manipulative way, not cleaning our house or caring for our home, not taking care of us as children, being disgustingly dirty, not living her own life. And so I was like, hmm, well, I mean, those things definitely had an effect on me. 
you know, made me feel not safe. All the things child psychologists would say were wronged. And some wrongs are much deeper than that, right? So I don't know when I say, did she do anything? She did, but I think that she did the best that she can do, that she could do. She didn't know any better. She didn't have the tools. She struggled with mental illness. And so I had to, let me go back. I'm going to read this definition. I'm going to put it in me. I had to make a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment. I don't know whether she deserved it or not. I don't know. But for me, you know, that day with the nose in the hospital, it allowed me to begin transitioning into unforgiveness to compassion. And it didn't mean that I allowed her, you know, sometimes I I would not let her call me 20 times a day, or I would just put the phone on silent. So I had to balance making decisions to protect myself, but also to begin to show some love and compassion to her. So, so I wrote down, what are some benefits? What are, what are some benefits to me and to you of forgiving your parents? You grow as a person. You do. Listen, those people that I've talked to who are living in unforgiveness toward their parents, they're not growing. And at least if if you're not ready to flat, full on forgive, then tell yourself you are going to work to get there. Okay. To live out of anger, to move out of the anger. You grow as a person. That's one. Second, your mental health improves, period. And what I'm going to say with my mom, okay. And I probably didn't say this earlier, but the end of the story was that she did develop some mild dementia. She did forget some of the things that were wrong to her, meaning my dad leaving and me and my sister actually moved her into an assisted living. She was angry about that, but she was able to let all that go. Her mind improved. She grew as a person. Listen, don't wait for dementia to allow you to let go of bitterness. Okay, so I'm sorry, back to benefits. You grow as a person, your mental health improves. It did with her. Your physical health improves. When she began to release those negative feelings, even if it was that she did it not by choice, prior, she'd been on 24-7 auction, wheelchair bound. Now or after that, no wheelchair, no 24-7 oxygen, breathing better, her physical health improved. So one, you grow as as a person, two, your mental health improves, three, your physical health improves, and four, listen, darn it, you just become wiser. If I'm going to have these gray hairs... If I'm going to have these wrinkles and these dark spots in this body, that's just, you know, as I get closer and closer to 60, if I'm going to have some things that are falling apart, doggone it, I'm going to have wisdom that goes with it. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to have wisdom. You become wise. But earlier I said that I don't like it when we read that forgiveness is not about them. It's about you. And I get why, but it is about them. Let me say some benefits that might happen with your parents or parent. One, maybe a weight is lifted. You may not know it, but by just either saying I forgive you or changing your behaviors that indicate forgiveness, a weight might be lifted from that person. Number two, they can heal. That's a benefit for them. Number three, um, oh, I put this all of the above about the benefits to you, <laughs> them growing, physical health, improving, mental health, becoming wise. Uh, four, they see a wise, godly person. They see 
the love of Christ. I hope that's what you believe. But anyway, they do. Number five, they may feel loved. Can you imagine having the power to help someone else to feel loved? And finally, your forgiveness could change a life. And I don't think we talk about that enough. I know forgiveness allows you to heal and be healthier and they may not deserve it and all that stuff. And I am not asking you to allow people to treat you poorly. I'm not asking you to allow your parents to abuse you or do any of those things. But forgiveness is a choice that can change you and can change them. You know, and, and I was thinking about the concept of, of filters and like the techie world today. Like maybe you, you get on Amazon and you want to buy shoes, but you don't want you only want red shoes and you only want uh, pumps or something. You can set filters to find exactly what you want. And I think we do that in our world. If we want to remain, just like when I talk to the pastor's wife, if we want to remain angry and live in unforgiveness with our parents, we can find plenty of other people who will commiserate with us who are going through the same thing. And listen, I believe that, you know, group therapy or counseling and talking with other people who are going through the same thing can help, even sometimes venting. But we can find exactly what we are looking for. We may not look for positive stories about forgiveness, and they're everywhere. You know, maybe we can remove the filters. There are countless examples. I will put a link. One of the ones that comes to mind, you may or may not know it, is Joyce Meyer. Her father sexually abused her, and she tells the story. He raped her probably 200 times while she was a child. He did not physically force her, but he manipulated her in such a way that she was forced. So, and her mother knew, but her mother did nothing. And so she tells about as she gets older and her parents are getting older and she clearly, I don't know in what way through prayer, heard God tell her that she needed to buy her parents a better house and begin to take care of them financially. And so she did that. And I could be wrong. I was thinking that they moved in with her, but maybe not. But still, she took care of them for years. And finally, I don't know how many years it had been. It's in the story. Her dad had never apologized or asked for her forgiveness, but she had forgiven him. But he came to her one day and said, I'm sorry for what I did to you all those years. And then he actually accepted Christ like shortly thereafter. It's It's a really wonderful story, but... She was sexually abused her whole growing up time period, but she chose to forgive. Listen, I am not saying that it's easy. Please, I hope that you don't think that I am saying that at all. But something, something, if you're open for it, just like, I don't know what happened with Joyce, but whether it was with prayer or counseling with me, it was just something that happened, you know, and on that hospital bed. But open, take the filters out and begin to look for ways where you can actually have a heart to forgive. And so I promised you today I was going to share the story. I was going to talk about benefits to you and benefits to them and maybe a few practical steps. So I promised some practical steps, but honestly, thinking of the title when I said, um, forgive your parents, just let's see, what did I call it? Forgive your parents, um, period. So I really only have three I really do. And the three are big. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it. Number one is decide to do it. And I'm going to say, try to decide now. Number two, take steps that can help you like talk to someone, get advice, prayer, 
whatever it is, take some steps, look for stories of people who have forgiven for situations that might be similar than yours. And then number three is just, is do it, forgive them. It might be daily for a while. And and you still have to make, remember I said, I still made choices to take care of myself through all of that, but I still made the conscious choice to decide. And every time I was frustrated, I would remember that story. Have that story that you can remember, have something in your back pocket so that when you get frustrated, you can just pull it right out and you can remember this, this is why I'm doing this. Forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean your relationship is restored. Although we're talking about your parents here. I hope that you will make every effort to do that. Um, I'll probably get some messages that say, but you have no idea what my parents did to me. I don't. You're right. All I know is it changed my life. I believe it changed my mother's life and I believe it will change your life. So thank you so much for joining today. As always, I hope that you will share your story, ask for help, share how you got through it, whether it's in the show notes, on social media, uh, wherever it is that you listen, please send me a note, Um, review, subscribe, download, invite people. That always helps the show. If you're a woman and you're not part of the private Facebook page, please do that. It will be your source of encouragement, I hope. So again, thank you. I know it was a heavy topic, but I'm, I'm just so honored that you spend time with me. And until we're together next time, consider yourself hugged.